This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome into the Online Enquirer podcast as Joey Wagner and I get to talk Illinois football. And what a performance. Wait, no, it wasn't. Uh, <laughs> Illinois loses 24 nothing against Wisconsin. And uh, we thought they would struggle offensively, and it was even worse than we could imagine. Uh, I thought the defense hung in there and, and gave Illinois' offense some opportunities to get in the game. Uh, but as we expected, Wisconsin's defense way too strong, and Illinois' offense way too weak uh, to put up a fight in this one. Illinois totals just 93 yards, first time since 1970. 77. They had fewer than 100 total yards. Illinois completes 11 of 34 passes. Yes, they had one point in the game, 14 straight incompletions in this one, uh, and they run for what? How many yards here? It's really atrocious. Anyway, Wisconsin had the ball for 42 minutes and 43 seconds in a game that lasted uh, less than three hours of real time. Illinois did have nine first downs, five on Wisconsin penalties, Joey. Yeah, so they rushed for 26 yards. Uh, I know you were looking for that that stat. Um, yeah, the first downs, those were a plus for the defensive. This was bad, man. Like. <laughs> 93 yards honestly feels like we're giving it credit. Like, it did not feel like that. It, it was really, really bad. And it, it, I just I can't even put into words. Like, the defense, let's start there. Let's start with, with that. Let's just get this out of the way. They did hang in there, and they forced a couple turnovers, and they put themselves in an okay spot. Now, there were some really long drives and some possessions that they had to get off the field on third down, and they did not. But they were also on the field so long for long sustained drives against a Wisconsin offensive line that yeah we knew this wasn't what it always has been there's still a lot in there man and the running defense it, it buckled it buckled because they, they could not gather on the sidelines and look they, they weren't very good either right yeah. but like it does not help when you are on the field for almost 43 minutes of a 60 minute football game that that is almost impossible to do. Let's, like, can we absorb how challenging it is to play 17 minutes of offensive football in an entire game? There were two points in the game I remember writing this. Wisconsin had the ball in 19 minutes. Illinois was like five. Wisconsin had the ball for 29 minutes. Illinois had the ball for eight. It was it was ridiculous. And you do have to say to the defense, you got to stop the run, sure. right? And there were a lot of runs where it felt like Illinois, you know, fit them up in the in the – in the gap, and Wisconsin would push forward for three or four more yards, and those really, really hurt Illinois. A couple big runs, but I don't even blame the defense because it's almost amazing that they were still fighting in the third quarter and just didn't give up. So our offense can't do anything at this point. We've seen a lot of bad offensive performances. Offensive, offensive performances, Joey. This was by far the most offensive. And obviously Wisconsin's really good. Like their, their defense and Jim Leonard, I, I said it all week. I, I think he's the best defense coordinator, if not 
one of the best defense coordinators in all college football and really in all football. I'll include the NFL there. Um, and they do what they do well defensively. And um, we got to address the line of scrimmage because Wisconsin owned the defensive line of scrimmage. Um, their offensive line, who I didn't think played very well against the ranked opponents, looked pretty dang good against Illinois, and I expected Wisconsin to be able to run the ball. Uh, Graham Mertz isn't very good, though, so the Illinois defense had a chance. But also the Illinois offensive line was putrid today. Against that Wisconsin, they stunted a lot. They moved their defensive line. Um, they disguised things up front. And I think Illinois' interior, especially the two guard positions, really struggled to kind of pick those things up. So pass protection was awful. Before we even get into Brandon Peters and Arter Sikowski, um, the offensive line and defensive line did not play well enough. They got, they got crushed today. Yeah, and Brandon Peters and Arter Sikowski got crushed. I mean, they took some serious hits. Brandon was knocked out of the game. Think about this. I mean, this was such an inept passing performance all around. It is 2021. People put up like 600 yards of passing offense when they wake up in the morning. These two teams combined for 167. That's horrible. It's just horrible. Now, if you're Wisconsin, you would have been foolish to ever pass the football again because you were getting whatever you wanted on the ground. Illinois, I mean, you almost there was a point where, and I know – Brandon Peters and Sikowski were not very good. He almost felt bad because they were just getting clobbered back there. And I, the sack totals aren't going to reflect it, I don't think. They only sacked once, actually. Yeah. Yeah. They, they were smoked, though. I, I mean, Peters probably should have had two fumbles, but he, he, they said he was moving forward, but he got just annihilated on those. Yeah. This was as bad of an offensive line performance, I think, that we've seen in a couple weeks now. Yeah, absolutely. And, and this has been a disappointing offensive line in terms of uh, passing. Right, like their, their pass protection has been awful uh, throughout the season. So Bart Miller's got to figure that out. They got to get more talent in the long term. But the hard part is, Joey, they lose four starters, right, or three starters at least. Um, Jack Bedovinak didn't start today. Pilstrom did, and uh, I didn't think Pilstrom had that good of a game. So they have to replace three starters next year, and that's that's where the recruiting part of this will come in. We'll get to that here in a second. Um, but I know some people want, want to know why they didn't run more early in the game. That's fine. Uh, Chase Brown had a big run, and then all of a sudden you pass the ball three times, and then you punt. Um, but you, you just had to throw the ball. Like they, they came into this game knowing they were going to have to throw the ball and do some things downfield, and they tried to do that early. Brandon Peters got hit a bunch, uh, and then Arthur Sikowski comes in. And Art, I, I'll give him this. He stands in a pocket, and he delivers despite some pressure. He's just woefully inaccurate. He just missed way too many throws. Uh, but – this game went how you thought it would with Illinois, just way worse. Like Wisconsin can stop your run game, even if your run game is solid for the Big Ten. They're just too good. They're elite against the run, and they enforced you to pass, and it was even worse than we could have imagined. 11 of 34 for 67 yards. That's fewer than two yards per pass attempt, Joey. <laughs> that is atrocious. Yeah, that ain't good. Um, right, look, I, I don't even think – we saw the game plan, right? Brandon Peters threw. They, they called passing plays. The first three plays is that first three and out. They come back out. Two more passes. Three three more. I mean, they didn't try to run until their third possession. That That isn't. And they only had one good run the entire yeah. game. Like, it's not like, hey, right. run the ball more. Right. Well, you ran it at the one-yard line, almost got a safety with Josh McCray, right? And Chase Brown had several carries that went for negative yardage because he was tackled. Uh, he was hit before he got to the line of scrimmage. Yeah, I'll tell you, I – I, and I know we talked about this on the last pod, I wondered how, what they were going to do. Were they going to try to shoehorn a running game into this against a really good run defense? And this might not be a popular take, 
But I actually like Tony Peterson's idea to come out and throw it and, and try to open things up a little bit in the box. Did it work? No. Oh, my God, no. Not at all. Because you couldn't protect it. <laughs> you couldn't protect him. The passes weren't great. But I, that game plan-wise, I thought that was the right call. And then you make Wisconsin stretch out a little bit. And if you could do that, maybe that changes. I don't think they were going to be committed to passing the ball all over all game. They just wanted to keep him honest. Unfortunately, that didn't happen. But – I, this we were talking about this, and I know the sixty-three nothing Iowa game. This the score-wise is not that, but at no point did I ever think, you know, I don't know, I might be able to get in the field goal range. <laughs> well, they did. Like they had a couple opportunities. I mean, it was only ten nothing at halftime. And, and I thought, hey, you come out, and you get a stop, and all of a sudden you get the ball of the offense, and you have one good drive, you can make this thing interesting. But Wisconsin had a huge third down conversion on a pass play, and then all of a sudden they just marched down the field and scored a touchdown. It was never competitive, right? It just never felt like it was within reach given what your offense did. All right, we did see the line I go to Arthur Sikowski finally. But, Joey, it took an injury to Brandon Peters. Not sure what that injury is. He went to the injury tent. Uh, and Elise Medeker from BTN, my, my guy Isaac Trotter told me this, uh, said that Brandon Peters was asked by the medical staff if he can go back in. He said no a couple times. So he was bothered by something. But we did get to see Hunter Sikowski out there. And first 12 passes went incomplete, Joey. Not what you want to start. No. No. <laughs> it looked. This dude's flirting with picks, right? I mean, it, there was almost time. He had zero today, Joey. Probably should have had four, but he had zero. And look, for the record, this is exactly what we thought the concern with him was, right? Like, he throws it up and just hopes there's a, a warm body on the other end to catch out. Like, he, he cares who it is, but I don't think that's that much. I mean, it's just, here it is. Someone do this. But, you know, I, I did enjoy watching him. He, he is, and I know we talked about it before. <laughs> Some of the fans are going, what? <laughs> oh, yeah. They, well, we lost him, so maybe you'll come back to this after. But there's some Chase Crouch that just, the hell with it. Let's go do something, right? And, and it didn't work. It didn't come close, really, to working. But he, he's just a, he, he does give some juice there. It, yeah, it, can, can I, can yeah, I put sure. this? Um, I come out of this game saying, no question, I'm going to Arthur Sikowski. And some people might say, why? 8 of 27 for 55 yards. He was woefully inaccurate. He made some bad decisions. But the one thing I like about him is he's not scared. He's not scared out there. He's decisive. Sometimes he makes the wrong decision. But I feel like he brings a leadership and a spark that when he gets on the field, I feel like his teammates actually believe they can move the ball. I haven't seen that with Brandon Peters the last two years outside of the Nebraska game. So just the fact that, like, even though they had that one drive, they get to the 22-yard line. They get, that was the only time they got across the 50. It was Archer Sikowski on the field because he threw the ball down the field, and they got a couple pass interferences and actually got a couple first downs throwing the football. I just feel like you have a chance. Now, he could lose games based on his inaccuracy or throwing picks, which – Miraculously, he only has one this season when he probably leads the country in uh, passes defended, it feels like. <laughs> yeah. um, but I just, Joey, I don't think he's the answer, but I think they need to give him the ball for the next couple games, including Penn State, which is a terrible place for him to play. But let him play against Rutgers, right, his old school, see what happens, see what you got, because he just gave a little bit of life, even if he was inaccurate, even if he didn't make the right decisions. Like, you just feel like, and, and based on some of the comments I heard from Chase Brown and Isaiah Williams, 
they said like he brings a little bit of leadership, some vocality out there that they sorely need. Can I do what the kids do? Like tired Brett Bielema versus Wisconsin, wired Archer Sikowski Rutgers revenge game. <laughs> I can't wait. Let let's see it. But but really, I mean, we we buried the lead here, Jeremy. Brett Bielema said in his press conference yeah. that they had a conversation with Brandon with Art. Uh, he said two different games. So I, I don't want to assume I know which one, but somewhere between the Maryland and the Purdue game. It sounds like between those two. Like we got to go back and listen to it. But like he said, Purdue game. I think he meant before, yeah. and then later he said after the Maryland game. So go ahead. Yeah, I think that's when they had the discussion of Art. You need to get ready because we might go to you at some point. So, so what it, it was he described it to us when when we you and I asked these questions. Basically, what this is usually set up, starters 75% of the snaps, backups 25, third and fourth string, thank you for arriving. This, it, I don't know if it was 50-50, but I'm getting a vibe. It was probably pretty close to that. That is the most telling thing I've heard Brett Bielema say. And I'm, not, I'm not a dig on him. for He's really good with us. But that was a really telling nugget of information he gave us. It was the first time he has publicly like expressed, like, yeah, I considered a quarterback change, right? Like I, those previous weeks, he was considering it. They never pulled the trigger, but it was clear that they were considering it. And I'm surprised they didn't make it until injury forced them to. But yeah, that was a huge piece of information that Brett Bioma gave us is that he was considering this change. And now that they've gone to it, and I know it was because of injury, I don't know if they go back because here's another piece of information I think fans should know. We hadn't talked to an Illinois quarterback since after the Virginia game. Arthur Sikowski was made available to us after a terrible loss. He did not play well. He came to the media and talked to us. We haven't talked to Brandon Peters since the preseason. So I don't even remember which week of training camp. It was before the West Con- or the Nebraska game. And look, in all fairness, let's put this on the table, we're not talking to quarterbacks, anyone when they're hurt, right? So, yeah. so that basically erases all the way up to Maryland. But Brett Bielema on the Monday of the Maryland game said, We're, Brandon's back, he's healthy, he's QB1. And among us... We talked we talk to Art all those weeks after we, losses, after we wins. Did. But, but Brandon was hurt. So the point being, like, at that stretch, there's a couple weeks there where it's like, we knew we weren't going to get him because he was hurt. But that Monday, I know a lot of us on the beat had said, hey, we're probably going to talk to Brandon on Tuesday because he's healthy. And they've given us Art all the way through. And we didn't. And then we didn't. And we didn't. And we kept not. Even after a win against Charlotte. Even after a win against Charlotte. So, I, part of me is like, don't read too much into it. Don't read too much into it. The other part of me is like, the sirens are going off in my mind. Like, this is different, right? Like, this is very different that Art was made available to us. And telling that he's, we've talked to him more than Brandon. And one of the things Brett said before the season is Brandon, the first day of practice, talked with us because he feels like the quarterback needs to be out there. He's like, this is part of the job. And we didn't hear it from him. And I'm, I don't know, like, do they stick with – if they stick with this, like, I think they need to start Art uh, against Penn State. I don't think it goes well. I don't think it goes well for the rest of the season of the position. But I just feel like he can give them a little bit of life. Maybe he can lead them to a victory. He Maybe he can just move the ball down the field they had one drive where they moved the ball down the field maybe it was against backups against Wisconsin I'm not sure but it was Art that was back there right and just how the teammates reacted to him it did feel like there was just a little bit more energy and Isaiah Williams said that to me he said there was a little bit more energy on the field when he's there look let's let's just also be honest here this quarterback room needs some work and you and I had talked about this at sat at a table last week and talked about this 
and I, 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 this isn't a reporting, like I've heard them say it, two transfers make sense to me. If they want to go that route, somebody with a shorter you know, eligibility clock and somebody a little bit longer. I don't know that they're going to do that because I know you only have so many open spots you can deal with. And it, it appears to me that there's some other room that's going to need some help here. But that wouldn't – you can't have enough cracks at finding the right answer here. Yeah. I, there's just – the answer might not be in that room. I will also say – Yeah, well, can I hit, can yeah, I hit on that sure. too? Uh, that is going to be the talk of the offseason. The most important thing they do is what they add to the quarterback transfer room. Also, offensive line, uh, wide receiver, there's a lot of issues on that offense. And um, I think, again, defensively, there's some building block. Kirby Joseph with a really good game. We'll get into that here in a little bit. Uh, I still think there's some good things we're seeing on defense. And Devin Witherspoon being back, it was great seeing him make a couple plays. Um, but we don't know who those transfers are yet. There's, like, one guy in the portal that's interesting, I think, that transfer from Baylor. But, like, it is so long of a process, and they have to get this right. But I agree with you. I would maybe a guy that's a redshirt freshman right now or a freshman somewhere. You look at him, add him with the room for the long term, and then maybe a guy with two years of eligibility or three years of eligibility to add to compete with Arthur Sikowski. That position needs a complete revamping again this offseason. And I don't know who those guys are. I know people would want to know those names. That's not going to happen for a while, but that's the most important thing of this offseason is fixing that position. And I, look. I understand the frustration right now with the quarterback. Every last bit of it is warranted. There's a reason Isaiah Williams and Deuce Span moved to wide receiver. Let's just, I, I want to get out ahead of that because th- there's a, a fascination with putting Isaiah back at quarterback. And oh, I, I would do it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I suggested it. Uh, hey, just run, just run Isaiah back at quarterback and maybe you got some. Listen, that's how desperate you are. Okay. That, that's just how de- – and is it – I know it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen because Isaiah Williams, for the long term, is going to help them more at wide receiver, right? But you'd be joking if you didn't say, hey, against Wisconsin, maybe your best thing would have put Isaiah in the Wildcat and run a couple basic plays. Okay. (laughs) So this might be my last day. I've now taken a shot at my boss on the podcast. It it short circuits the future. It it just does. It's not enough. A bowl game. It just isn't happening. I, I, I will. I will eat my shoe. No, I'm not going to do that. God forbid, I have to eat a freaking shoe. it, it's not worth it in the short term to appease some frustration and short-circuit your long-term looks. It, and it's just Isaiah Williams isn't very accurate either, guys. There's a reason he's where he's at, and that is good for you long-term. I, I understand right now it's, it feels and looks like a total mess. I just It's hard for me to think it's worth it right now to take games off of his development as a wide receiver just for some – some you know patch a gum patch on a broken wall it's just very hard for me to to get behind that can i ask you a random question when they got at the 22 yard line would you just kick the field goal with james mccourt just to avoid the shutout (laughs) these are these are the questions i was asking myself like i was actually it was so bad joey i was having fun bad at the end of this game with that drive where they were oh. mat- matriculating the football down the field with penalties from Wisconsin. Uh, and Arthur Sikowski was getting hot. I think he had 8 of 10 at one point. Starts 0 of 12, completes 8 of 10. What? No, I was having fun with this. And I'm like, all right, 22-yard line, do you kick the field goal just to give you a little confidence, get James McCourt some action today? No. No? No. no. For anyone listening, we were walking to the elevator to go down on the field, and like a kid in a candy store, Jeremy stopped to watch the final I drive. got to watch this, man. Don't let him get hot was what we thought in the press box. I, look, it, it was rough, man, and, and I, it's going to be rough. Let, let's just be honest. It is going to be a tough five games moving forward. But for everybody, I mean, 
I understand that Brandon struggled, but this is why there was that little bit of pause, like, hey, guys, Art struggles too. Yes. And this is an imperfect quarterback room. Th- that You're right. That That is the biggest deal in the offseason is you've got to hit. You, you've just you've got to hit. I don't care if it's a, a junior or if it's a senior or if it's a grad. I don't care how you do it, but you need one year where you, you hit. You, you've got to. And I know we're going to get into the recruiting element a little bit, but we talked to some of the 22 commits. Joey Oakley was here. Hunter Whiteneck was here. If you're those two, you're looking at each other like, hey, look at that Palcho V from 2017. Palcho and Vidarian Lowe. There's a chance we could fight our way onto that. Is that, it going to happen? That's not a good thing for Illinois. No, it's is. not. Yeah. But I don't know that in my mind it's out of the realm of, yeah. of possibilities. And take that for what it's worth. That there's, It's going to be a process to do this. And I – I think Brett Bielema, he, one, he understands that, right? He, he knows this is going to be a long-term fix, and it's going to take a lot of work, and it's going to hurt a lot of the ways to do it. But he was really good this offseason. I think we got a little bit ahead of ourselves. I think, obviously, there was a, a lot of excitement. I'm not saying there shouldn't have been, but reality hits hard sometimes, yeah. and, and reality is – is really hitting right now. Let's talk about that reality when we come back because it's now you got to figure out this isn't about 2021. This is about what you have moving forward into 22 and 23. Let's talk about that when we come back on the Illini Inquirer podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Joey, it didn't take uh, Brett Bielema too long to talk about the most important thing we can do in the bye week when we're not on the field is recruit. And that has now got to be priority number one for this staff. Like, obviously, you've got to prepare your team to win, but I think they've seen seven games here. They have a seven-game sample size to know, okay, the super senior class, maybe we didn't get as much as we thought we could out of them. Um, you know, there's certain guys that played pretty well. I think Owen Carney's had a pretty good season. Um, you know, I think Vidarian Lowe, for the most part, has had a pretty good season. Uh, and I thought it was mostly interior pass rush today that, w- that was really hurting them. I thought he did an okay job on the edge. Uh, I don't think I'll watch the film to make sure of that <laughs> after this one. Um, yeah, can everyone just allow me not to watch film? Is that can, cool? Can Jeremy hang out with his family on yeah. Sunday, please? I'm, I'm going to watch my Bears and be disgusted by that, and hopefully the White Sox win. Uh, let me have my terrible Sunday without watching Illinois football. I'll have Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> you poor guy. You poor guy. Everything, <laughs> everything's going so this bad. quarterback play of my <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, they need to figure out what on this roster they can build around. And I do think up front defensively, though, they were dominated today. Uh, they're going to have to take some licks. But I do think Johnny Newton, 
He's been inconsistent this year, but I think we see the talent. I think Keith Randolph's very good. Um, I think Seth Coleman, who didn't play today, is something you can be, be proud about. Tariq Barnes has played pretty well. I thought he was really physical today. Uh, and then Kirby Joseph, man, that was that was a play by a free safety on that pick of Mertz. And it wasn't a good throw by Mertz, but he threw it up for his receiver to go get it. And Kirby Joseph high-pointed it. And that's what a rangy free safety who's really athletic and instinctual does and it's been a long time since we've seen a play like that and I thought Devin Witherspoon was pretty good today so you at least feel like defensively Joey and especially with your coordinator I think you got some pieces to build around if you get CJ Hart back and you add a couple transfers especially up front like Alec Bryant um, I, I think you can be competitive the next couple years with your defense I know we've thrown a lot of flowers at Ryan Walters for what he's made and today rushing wise it you know, maybe some of those flowers had wilted today, right, with, with the rushing defense. But his best reclamation project may have been Kirby Joseph. Oh. I mean, the, whatever, and maybe I'm going to try to dig into this. I, I don't know how it's really hard to, to get some of the, these finer details in a press conference. But whatever connection he's had with him and, and whatever way that they've clicked has been really meaningful for this defense. And he, Kirby Joseph is – is really emerging as he might be the defensive MVP right now through seven I, games. I, I looked at you after that pick and said, he might be all-Big Ten candidate right now. Like, if you had to pick an all-Big Ten guy for the Illinois defense, I think it's probably Owen Carney and, and Kirby Joseph, right? Those are the two guys on, on, a, on a defense that's been pretty solid. I would think so. And I don't know how, I don't know how Ryan Walters did. I'm, I'm going to do my best to find out. But, man, he is really – he's really turned in and – just at some point, it, and I asked some of the guys, and look, they're going to take the professional high road here because they're not going to throw their offense mm-hmm. under the bus. But even if you have adjustments to make, you've got about three plays to do it, right? I, I mean, there's just not a lot of time, save for the fact, I mean, no, let's be honest, very few college kids are going to say, boy, I was gassed. That's just not how they're wired. It's just not how a college athlete's wired. Were they gassed? Yeah, I would have to think. Like, logic exists. They're not going to tell us that because that looks that's just not something they care to have. But even if you had adjustments to make, you had no time to do it. You had no time. That was complimentary football. What is the opposite of that? Uh, uh, Illinois versus Wisconsin, 2021. Throwing your defense to the Sharks. That's what, that's what it was. Um, all right, so on the offensive side of the football, what is there to build around? It's, it's two good running backs. Chase Brown, who was very frustrated, like very frustrated after this game, and he should be, right? Like um, Illinois just didn't compete. He said we had a great homecoming crowd and we're not able to compete. If guys aren't pissed off about this, then uh, they need to check themselves. I'm sure they are. Um, But offensive line, one piece that you feel confident in next year is Julian Pearl. Uh, and then Jordan Slaughter, they're saying nice things about. We just haven't seen him on the field because he's been injured. Uh, Josh Krutz, I, I think, is probably your starting favorite next year at center. And, uh, man, he's physical, um, and, and he lives up to his name when it comes to that regard. Wide receiver, I, I think Isaiah Williams has things he needs to learn about the position, but I do think you can see in flashes just he can be a weapon. He just needs more around him. Uh, and the perimeter wide receiver than Casey Washington is solid. Um, he needs more opportunities, but he's also not the most physically dominant, right? Uh, but your running backs are really good with Chase Brown and Josh McCray. Uh, but, like, they need so many more pieces to build around. And that's – what do we see, Joey? What can we see? Like, And that's why Brandon Peters doesn't make sense to start him anymore 
because he's not part of your future. He's not leading you to a bowl game. Uh, and I don't know if his team around him believes that he's going to move the ball for them. So see what you have in Arthur Sikowski. I'm not going to go all the way down the depth chart and go to Samari Collier, um, you know, the third or fourth string guys here, Ryan Johnson and Matt Robinson. But um, Luke Ford and Daniel Barker, I'd like to see them more involved to see what those guys have and uh, see what they can get involved in. But the quarterbacks also got to get them the ball. So I think you're going to find out, Brett Bielma is going to find out a lot about his team's medal. Um, and just who wants to be a playmaker for them moving forward. I think it's fair to go down the depth chart and say, okay, what is the balance between game experience right now and not getting completely run off the field moving forward? I understand this was bad, but I don't think it's time to put in a bunch of freshmen or redshirt freshmen offensive linemen. No, you're not throwing Brody Wise Carver in over uh, Alex Pelcheski. No. That's not happening. That, that doesn't help anybody. That doesn't help any development anywhere on the field. Right now, that's not a knock on Brody Weiscarver. It's the reality that freshmen, offensive linemen in the Big Ten, it sucks. And and I, I know what I said about Hunter White, Nick, and Joe. I'm not necessarily advocating for, for putting those two out there next year. I'm just saying if you look objectively at what's here, you could make an argument like, hey, they could just flat out win this thing. But it's not good. It's not good for any program to do that, especially a program that wants to maul people. And you got to be strong and in a system. It's just – you can't do so. You have there's a balance at Brett Bielman. I, I can't wait to talk to him next week to see if we can get that out. And, and, and you know what is that balance? Because you want to know what you've got, but you also want to. Re- they still want to win football games. Like you don't get a number one draft pick for losing football games here. You did see more of Pat Bryan out there today. You've seen that in recent weeks. I still can't understand how Brian Hightower doesn't get on the field. He did mention Brett Bielman in the press conference about seeing what else they can get at wide receiver. Jafar Armstrong, a transfer they brought in from Notre Dame, has not played uh, since the Virginia game, and he played a couple reps, I think, for that game. That's been really odd. We don't see what's happening in practice, but obviously the times you've asked Tony Peterson about those guys, he said we're playing the guys that we think give us the best chance to win. So uh, maybe that changes. Maybe maybe we see some of those guys because they need more talent there. They need somebody to go get the ball when Archer Sikowski puts it up uh, for, for either the defense or the offense to catch. I, I can't. I asked somebody about Brian Hightower, and they said, look, he's healthy. And I, I can't for the life of me figure it out. We are asking, guys, I promise we're asking to try to get this answer um, I, I have ideas of ways to try to go about this beyond the press. I, you want to find out. You want to try to get some information. We can't. We, we, I mean, this is what we've, we've been told. It doesn't make any sense. Like, straight up, it doesn't. Casey, really what it is to me is Casey Washington, because he's not playing the same position as Carlos Sandy on the other side, right? So it, it's really Casey Washington and Pat Bryant and Brian Hightower all roughly play in that same sphere of receiver. I and Donnie Duaro has not played with it, We right? have not seen – that's a good point. Yeah, we, we've not seen a lot of him. And I don't know. We talked today, and, and you know, we, we pointed out, and you said, wonder what Brandon's thinking. I saw Brian Hightower. I said, wonder what he's thinking. Yeah. And that's not a knock on the coaching staff. That's not a knock – it's a knock on where this program is right now. And, and it stinks if you're a super senior and you came back for this and, and now either, A, you're not playing, or, B, you are playing, and it, it's just not going well. This, this is a really – this is – I don't want to call this a crossroads because it's not because I don't know what would be on the, the positive side of the crossroads at this point, right, other than a couple more I, I don't think that's ridiculous, Joey, because they came into this – this was a, a manageable six-game start and really seven-game start when you think Wisconsin struggled a little bit early. I don't think anyone expected them to win today. We all picked them to lose, right? 
But you, you expected that they could have a, a competitive chance. I expected them to score one single point. Yeah, you expect them to score a couple points uh, at some point. They're 2-5, and five, and the Super Seniors came back to go to a bowl game and improve their draft stock, and I'm not sure how many of those guys have done it. I don't think Owen, Car- I think Owen Carney might have helped himself, uh, and I think Vidarian Lowe might have helped himself. Maybe Doug Kramer did. A lot of those other guys didn't. Right, a lot of those other guys who came back have, have not helped themselves. Blake Hayes would like a word. Okay, Blake Hayes, but he didn't need to. He didn't need to come back. Yeah. He just kind of wanted to, and, and academics are really important to him. I think he's helped himself. Sure, I, I don't know if Roderick Perry's hurt himself all that much, but I don't think he's stood out uh, as much as I thought he could. So now you're at this. I I think a crossroads is fine of the season, or at least for Brett. And I think you can see Brett in the way he talked today about recruiting, about how important that is, and about. Um, how much it stinks to not be competitive and how much, how terrible they should feel after going 24 nothing, getting shut out and under 100 yards on homecoming. Um, you can tell, like, I think he's been shell-shocked a little bit. Of He thought he had more that he inherited, and he thought he made more strides with this team in the offseason than he really did. Yeah, this is a – I don't even want to say again – it's hard for me to say, oh, it's a wake-up call for Brett, because I don't know. You know, I, I don't know when. At some point, that moment certainly has had to happen. I don't know when it was, but he, was, he wasn't short. He wasn't terse with us. It was none of that. But he's never walked into a press conference and talked about recruiting after a loss before, right? I mean, so I think you're starting to see, like, all right, we, we got we to think beyond. We got to think Penn State, but we got to think beyond Penn State, right? And, and they, they've got some work to do. There's some guys out there on the recruiting trail that that are still targets that could help and really elevate this class. But you got to start. I, I think there's maybe what – Jeremy, you're smarter than yeah, me. About let's that. go over what they could do because they're going to hit the recruiting trail hard this week, especially with high school recruiting. There's only about four or five spots That's left in, in high school recruiting. So, Julio Martin was here today. Uh, three-star defensive back out of Kenwood. I think they're in a good position with him, you know, fighting with Nebraska and Ole Miss for him. But I think being close to home helps, and I think they've done well recruiting in state. And he wants to take an official uh, to Illinois as well after this. So uh, you're in a three-way battle there, and I think you, you have a decent chance. Last week you had Elijah McCantos on campus, a three-star DB out of Florida. I'll say it on this podcast, I think they're the leader. Uh, he's going to visit other places, but I think they've done really well there. And then you had Michigan commit and four-star defensive back Cody Jones on campus. You have a couple defensive linemen you're still going after. Sella Brown still on the board and isn't doing much in recruiting, so he's an interesting recruitment right now. But uh, they offered Terrell Jones uh, out of Alabama, out of Hoover, which is a, a strong program. So they're going to add a couple more defensive pieces in the prep recruiting. But the most important part of this offseason is going to be there's going to be a lot of players that leave this program, okay? There's going to be plenty of transfers out. That's a, not a bad thing for Illinois because they're going to get seven extra recruiting spots, which means seven extra transfers, right? And that means they have a chance to really reset this roster. And I don't know if it leads to automatic success because I think all the players they get, Joey, should be multi-year transfers. But there should be plenty of them available, and that helps them offensive line, defensive line, quarterback, wide receiver, cornerback. They're probably going to want to get another guy as well. Those are all like they're going to try and upgrade at every position. But quarterback's number one. I think offensive line's number two. Wide receiver's number three. Defensive line, obviously, and outside linebacker, they want to get some guys, and then cornerback. I think those are the positions they're really going to go hard after. And let's also put this out there. I'm not saying like, hey, good luck with the transfer portal, but I need to see more out of their transfer 
targets next season than we've seen out of him this year. Short of C.J. Hart and three quarters of play, the rest of the transfers have not really been productive on the field, and some, in some cases, not really been on the field, right? Let's bring them up, because the guys I thought that could have been the most impactful were Eddie Smith out of Alabama. He's barely played on defense this year, right? Jafar Armstrong out of Notre Dame. He's barely played this year. A guy that really fed us a lot in the offseason, Prather Hudson, has been a special teamer, which is which is fine. Uh, they, but they kind of built him up to be something more than that on, on defense. He's their dime uh, defensive back. Chase Hayden has been hurt. Uh, Max Rosenthal, they have not used him as a blocker all that much. He's been a special teamer. Jack Bedovinak started a few games, not been that great for them. Uh, and Archer Sikowski, it's been really C.J. Hart and Archer Sikowski made the biggest impact. And outside of C.J. Hart, I don't know if that's all been great impact, right? And look, that's not some hot take like, oh, they can't recruit transfers. It's just the facts of what's in front of us here. And with the portal, patience is going to be really, really important because you don't want to – it's really it's so, so interesting to recruit transfers, right? Because you know the quarterback is the most important thing out there. How do you balance that? you got to get one here this spring. You, do, but, and do you jump on the first one out there? Do you try to wait to see? Uh, that is Within the, the first couple weeks of the offseason, you got to find a transfer quarterback. Fair. There. Yeah, and, and guess what? If someone, if there's a better person that you think comes open, then you're taken too, right? I, I mean, it's, you can't – you just can't miss at that position. So, and the portal's just an interesting recruiting pitch, right? And, and right now you're selling, and we've talked about this, selling this to recruits before Brett. Now with – you're selling, especially in the portal, playing time. Well, and that's something you could sell easily a lot of areas. But let's talk about the quarterback thing. You can sell plenty of playing time. What are you selling protection-wise? What are you selling receiver-wise? What are you selling offense-wise? I, I, I don't think – I'm not going to blame today on Tony Peters. Absolutely not. Uh, I'm not going to blame Charlotte's offense performance. I, I actually think there were some things they opened up that were there. Um, but you just have not had effective protection or quarterback play. And, yes, some of the coordinator you can, you can blame that on, the quarterback coach. But um, they need, what do you sell? Like, what do you sell to that quarterback that you can beat out other Power 5 teams for? That, that's a concern I would have going into the offseason. Yeah, which, again, the timing, right? Like you, like you said, I agree, you've got to get one early. But it might not be a bad idea to have a couple offensive linemen and wide receivers in the bag, dude. Say, look, 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 we, we're, you know, we're bridging some of these gaps here. That, that's a great point, Jeremy. And it's December and January are going to be very interesting. It's, and they have Jake Heiser, buddy. You are going to have a busy time in that transfer portal, looking around, and I, and that's where you have to trust what Brett has built in the recruiting department. That there's pieces in place to be alert and ready to go when these opportunities present themselves. They, they look at teams with other, like, quarterbacks, like, right? Like, they, they know kids that could become available before they come available because they have to. I mean, that, that's part of the job. It's why, malpractice if you don't. Yeah, that's why you hire so many people to, like, look at this stuff. It's like, oh, this guy got benched? I know people bring up Spencer Rattler, oh. right? Of course you're going to look putting the research into him, right? And look at – and Illinois would take him right now, right? But, like – when that happens, I'm just using that as a random name. Like somebody gets benched or, you know, some four-star that's from Illinois all of a sudden is not a starting quarterback. They have research on those guys. Like that, that's already happened. Okay. Do you think the whole coaching staff would ride their bike to Norman, Oklahoma for a chance to get <laughs> Spencer Rattler? I think you would see them all. Terry Hawthorne's been doing a lot of bike riding I've seen, uh, so well, he'd do it. What, Terry, map the path to Norman, buddy, because I think it's time 
But I, I, I joke, but like, there's people that have, you got to be prepared, and if they come available, you and, and Spencer Rattler is not somebody I'm even remotely thinking. <laughs> Thank you for saying it. I was about to say that. <laughs> let's, let's stop that now, right? It was a joke, but like, you've got to your point. You've got to be projecting a little bit and ready to go. Like, get, we always talk like, oh, that was their first offer out of high school, right? Like, and, and like, woo, what a big deal. Hey, man, it ain't that different in the portal, right? You want to get in there and you want to give them an opportunity to make your pitch, make a strong pitch, and, and try to close the deal. And, man, I cannot believe we're seven weeks in and we spent half of our podcast talking about the transfer portal on next year. And, yeah. and it's, it's rough, man. I was, can I circle back to the game? I, I just can't get over that offensive performance, Jeremy. I, I just, yeah. That was – that was really, really bad. Can we can we give people like that lasted thirty eight minutes into the pod? Like I don't want to take too long because I'm ready to be done with this. But can we give them a little treat of Illinois basketball open practice, Joey? Give give me your your hottest take from Illinois basketball open practice. Um, if Andre Corbello shoots like thirty three percent from three, see ya. Enjoy him while you got him. Is yeah, what I would say. And look, he is going to be really stinking fun. Another, not even a hot take. I'll let you say what I know you want to say about their big men situation. But I, I like that. Mm-hmm. If I'm picking a freshman to contribute before anyone else, it's Luke Goody. I, I really walked away from that thinking, hey, this this kid's he, – he looks kind of ready here. And, and when they did their five-on-fives, it was a bunch of veterans and Luke Goody. And I looked at that and I thought, this could mean something. And Brad will give you every answer in the press conference. Right? We just don't know blah. But I, I, I'm going to read something out of that, and if I'm wrong, so be it. Go for the big man. Do it. I know you want to do it. Well, no, I, I actually wasn't going to say that, but, like, I think Omar Payne is the second-best big man. Uh, I've been saying this to Joey all day, so he wanted me to say it in the pot. He's the second-best big man Illinois had since Nana Agu, and he's it's the backup. He's the first Kofi. <laughs> yeah, the first is Kofi. Um, and, yeah, so that's why he's the backup, right? So I think that's a really good thing. I think it's a really deep team. I will say this. I think my hot take, Joey – I think Jacob Grandison and Demonte Williams are going to start, mm-hmm. right? Like, and and that's not like some super hot take because they're good. They're good role players, right? Alongside Trent Frazier, Andre Cabello, and Kofi Coburn, I think some fans are like so wishing Coleman Hawkins is going to be the upgrade over Jacob Grandison. I don't know if he is. Like, I saw Coleman do some things and create some offense with the ball. He's still got to finish, and he's got to finish through contact, and he's got some explosiveness on defense and versatility on defense. I really like. Right? But, like, I still got to see it a little bit more consistently and often. And, listen, I get why people are so excited about Austin Hutcherson. Right? We, we, saw, we saw him go for a windmill dunk. He didn't finish it because he got fouled. That was unbelievable. But I also only saw him make one three of his open threes today. And I do think he's going to struggle with some physicality in the Big Ten. So I just have to see it a little bit more. And I don't want people to forget about DeMonte Williams and Jacob Grandison are very nice compliments to the rest of this roster. And the other thing – they're very consistent. And that can be boring to fans from the outside because you're dreaming about what Austin Hutcherson can be and you're dreaming about what Jacob or what uh, Coleman Hawkins can be. But that consistency is part of what made Illinois so good last year is when you had Kofi, Andre, um, and, and uh, Io, all of a sudden you had these other guys who just played their roles really well. Jacob and DeMonte did that extremely well today, and Trent did it extremely well. I thought he had a really good performance. Uh, and I've got a story coming on Trent and DeMonte and their return, and I know bright and shiny is fun, and the mystery is fun and enticing, and I get all that, and we buy, we buy into it too. Like That's not saying, like, guys, come These on. These are huge X factors. We, we right? absolutely buy into that. It's fun for us to speculate. It's fun to have these discussions. 
do not overlook the return of Trent Frazier and DeMonte Williams. That is a really big deal, man. That, that is a huge deal to know every single night what you're going to get. You, you don't ever think they're going to waver. And Jacob Grandison, I know he's not like that super senior, right? But he's in that conversation. You just know. He's 23 years old. <laughs> and when you have two superstars, yes, Andre Corbello, superstar. Yeah. I know on the podcast the other day, I was like, we're expecting him to take a big leap. He will. Yeah, I saw him today. <laughs> See ya. Good night. It's over. Like, you need stability and just comfort on the court with two superstars, and then that'll carry the rest. That's what you've got. And that's not saying, like, they're just average and they're going to – they're going to have nights. They're all going to have their nights. But just to know every night what the baseline is and then ride the peaks without the valleys, that's a big deal. Well, and the great part is Alfonso Plummer looked like how I thought he would. Oh, my God. He can, he can turn. He can stop, turn, and shoot so quickly and so effectively and make it that he's dangerous offensively. Brad turned to the crowd after Alfonso Plummer made one. Uh, he caught it, turned, shoot, and within a split second. And Brad goes, he's going to be a problem. He told the crowd, offensively, he's going to be a problem, and I love him off the bench. And Coleman Hawkins, if he hits his ceiling, like if, if all of a sudden he takes a leap, this team can take a leap, right? If, if Austin Hutcherson uh, can have a game or two every couple weeks where he's scoring in double figures, this team can take a leap, right? But like, I don't know if I'm going in expecting that immediately. I think they'll do well in their non-conference, especially against the, the weaker opponents. That's going to be great for them to, to get confidence. But when it comes to, to Big Ten play against these high-major opponents, DeMonte Williams, Trent Frazier, and Jacob Grandison, probably going to be three of the top six or seven players on this team. What I'm saying is don't panic in the non-conference as some of these pieces find their way to what we think they can be. Now, they might Remember not Grandison in the non-conference last year? Barely played. Not very good. <laughs> and, like, and he was a huge part they, of it. They team. might. Some of these pieces, I'm not saying like, y'all be patient. Everyone's going to get there. The reality of basketball and the reality of sports is some guys aren't going to get there. Maybe that's not the case with these specific guys. That's just broadly some guys aren't going to get there. Maybe all these guys will. But you have stars that are going to get you through some of these tough non-conference games or at least keep you in the mix. When it becomes January, late December, early January – and then that monster stretch in February, that's when you want these some of these other guys to start taking that leap. What is that leap? How big is it? I don't know. But it doesn't matter, I think, with this team how big that leap is as long as it exists in some capacity. I think the most interesting part is going to be how does Brad Underwood use these pieces? How does he mix them together? Because is it better to have DeMonte Williams in the, in the, the backup group with Alfonso Plummer and Omar Payne and Coleman Hawkins? Is it better to do that? Uh, and, and have Austin Hutcherson start gives you a little bit of length, maybe a little bit more scoring, shooting, athleticism, a little bit uh, of that along with those guys. Like that's going to be the interesting part for me. But I think we know who the top nine guys on this team are. I think Luke Goody could be that tenth. I think R.J. Melendez will get better, but I think he's going to have to struggle with role defining and strength. And Brandon Podjemski is just on a team with too many guards, right? I, I think to make an immediate impact, I think he's going to have to go through some some things as a freshman, but I think his future can be really bright as a scorer. But this is one of the deepest teams I've seen at Illinois in a long time and, and talented teams I've seen at Illinois in a long time. I think they're more they're deeper than they were last year. They're longer and more athletic than they were last year. I love the front court compared to last year, especially with Coleman another year. Omar Payne is a backup big. Um, I think this team's going to be really good. I, I think I picked them first for a reason and Nothing I saw today, Joey, uh, dissuades me from that. Dude, Omar Payne can jump. 
Like, I know... Didn't see any 15-footers from him today. I did not. <laughs> I, Derek said he would stay at the State Farm Center until he did. He could still be there. I've not checked in with Derek. Derek, are you there? <laughs> but, like, when I know Derek talked to Fletch, a strength and conditioning coach, Adam Fletcher, and, and he was like, oh, this guy, and he gave all these numbers that were like, whoa, those are some numbers. And you thought, all right, well, all right. And then I saw him, like, they were doing some drill where you just smack it off the backboard, and his head was over the rim. And I'm like, oh, my God, this guy can get up. And... This is a really deep team. It's what we thought, right? Like, losing Io, you lose one of the brightest stars in the last 15 years at Illinois. That is no joke. That's not easy to get over. But what you replace is by committee. And you've got depth, more depth than you had last year. You lost an All-American. That's the reality of the thing. And you're going to – there's going to be games where it's close in the end and you think, who's going to be the guy? But there's a lot of depth here, and that's – it's, there's only really one way to replace an All-American, and that's hope a bunch of guys can do it because it's not easy to do. Yeah. All right, I'll give you a little bit of a, a treat there at the end with some Illinois basketball talk. We'll dive more into that, especially during the bye week, but I thought it was a cool event to have an open practice and get some fans excited about that because they should be. I think it's going to be a, a, a Big Ten title contender, a team that can compete for a top seed in the NCAA tournament. Uh, they're really good, and they got two stars in Kofi Coburn and, and Andre Corbello. Uh, the veterans, with, with Trent Frazier probably gets overlooked, and so does Demonte Williams, but Jacob Grandison too. Uh, and then you got some exciting young pieces, right? I mean, Coleman Hawkins will be really good. Omar Payne, you had Alfonso Plummer, and, and some of these freshmen are, are going to be good down the road. So uh, it was really good to see them today. Not so much uh, watching that Illinois football game against Wisconsin, but they get a much-needed off week, and Joey and I get a much-off week of, of having to cover uh, some games here. Luke Goody for quarterback. <laughs> Do it! Do it. All right. Thank you for listening to the Illini Inquirer podcast. Give us a follow wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Take care of each other. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Illini Inquirer podcast. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.